Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Dreams of order, this powerless like a circus shorted. Shorty button up your jacket before you try to sport it. It's cold outside, protect your chest from unforgiving weather. I find your raw hide, chapter 10 like pig leather. Now it's better, knowing better, a mental slavery debtor. Got a vendetta for culture robbers and wool sweaters. For me, eugenics is these engineering and the prison sentence. A church in Mosul, a temple to face your God's penance. I'm penniless, living in the pit of poverty, pimping is. Not the perm, that Cadillac pushing prints of the pinky kiss. True pimping is corporations from multi-nations who form monopolies distort your situation the media the medium the magic on the screen control your emotions tell you when to laugh and when to scream when to cry when to be angry when to bring hatred on the scene you're not mean Careful contemplation, what I see, my body and my brain. For thinking outside the box, so where's the badge of the same? Donald Sterling became here to want the jigaboos of this game. And these finest slaves carry on like everything is okay. We got men in skirts and dresses, most rappers get to address it. Cause they want a two of Mac, but more where the button I press it. Oppressive, the system flexes its muscles until you check it. Organize your spiritual weaponry, now wreck it. I'm back from distant eons to chastise the peons who damage the earth for reasons. The senses for the season. Has come for the gods to return and wait with children to learn. Repent or get burned. This is the ancient man's turn to reclaim what he earned. He created with his sperm, his seed, his germ. Implemented into the great mother, none other. I ain't moved where propagandists take lies, banter with slander. Cops cocking glock hammers, handcuffing, reading Mirandas. Claiming they're right when they play South Paul, trying to jam you. Physicians just pill pushes, lawyers just crooks trying to scam you. Schools are holding cells, better yet new age plantations. Teaching kids to worship the flag of corporations and devastations. Chris Cologne was worse than Al Capone. Get it home by sitting at home. I hope this opus penetrates your dome. To at the mouth, your phone attacking the lies they own. Oprah, I hope you listen and your Tyler Perry clone. The have not still have not sucker, but what we have got is a bunch of sad plots played out for some crumb drops. Couple houses, couple cars, some sperm shots. Yeah, you're so long gone, but your pockets got much fatter. Louisville slugger batter for the chatter. I'm out.
Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Cosmos, live on First World Order Radio. This is Brother Jamal, your host, and today's date is September 21st, 2017, and we are barreling fast towards the fall equinox. Excuse me. A very important time of the year. All types of stuff going around on the internet. I've uh, 
discovered this week talking about, you know, September 23rd, um, the coming of Nibiru, the coming of Planet X. Is this going to be the end of the world? So, um, you know, we can't count how many times people have uh, gone out and propagated that such and such date would be the end. Um, And then that time comes and passes. So, From our perspective, as people who delve into the more hidden things, um, who go far beneath the surface, we know what the true meaning of the end of times is. Uh, And what these people are speaking to is really, it's uh, fear-mongering. It's a gimmick game. And it's a science of half-truths. They tell you a little bit here that may have a little truth to it, and they tell you a whole barrel of lies over here. And the whole key is to stir confusion and um, leave those who are not diligent about their studies and their own probing to leave those who are resistant to that just bewildered. Because um, even the most powerful weapon, if it lacks focus, if it lacks an aim, it can become useless or it can become detrimental to the person who is wielding the weapon. So interesting times as always. Very interesting times. But speaking of the autumnal equinox, it is very, very important for those of you who can get to the beautiful state of North Carolina that you get there this weekend for Dr. Aileen L. Bay and Sister Kadira L. Bay's autumnal equinox rejuvenation retreat um, master class session that will be held during the um, Alamo Equinox this weekend. You can find out more information about the event on their website, com. And I really encourage you to get over there and to investigate that. And if you can get to North Carolina, um, then do it. Why? Because fall is a season of harvesting. And if you pay attention, just like the little, what we just spoke about just a minute ago, the whole whole planet X, Nibiru, all the fear mongering, part of what's going on is it's a harvesting. And it's a harvesting of energy. You know, when you've told throughout the early parts of the year, you're rewarded for your toil in the fall as you reap and harvest um, the, the, the results of your labor. So just as that applies in 
husbandry or farming or things of that nature doubly applies on a physical realm when you're talking about manipulating and harnessing energy. You are constantly being sucked on and pulled on like a battery. So an event like this weekend is good to recharge your battery so that as you are continuing on this path of higher consciousness and awareness and and action in your consciousness, not just being aware, but acting on your awareness, acting as a God, um, that you get the, the, the harness your own energy, recuperate and restore your power. So that's why this is, um, very positive and well much needed event to occur anytime you can be involved in something that's going to stimulate you in a positive manner it's something you want to definitely not overlook so get over to Dr. Eileen L. Bay and find out more about this and all the other products and services that they offer I want to, before I get into some of the stuff on, you know, the Masters of the Cosmos website and what's going on, I want to address some things and just kind of put out a disclaimer of sorts. If you've never listened to this broadcast, then I want to be clear about what this is and what I deal with. I deal with metaphysics, I deal with esoteric and occult sciences, I deal with eschatology, I deal with epistemology, I deal with ontology. I code break. I look at current events and I decode them to reveal what is the hidden symbolic meaning and how that applies to where we are in our quest for the Holy Grail. Now, if that's not what you're into, then now you know what we do on the show, what we discuss, okay? Um, How I address you, the listener, as an intelligent person. I'm going to always, before I assume that you are stupid or that you're ignorant, I'm going to first assume that you are intelligent. And thus, I'm going to address you as intelligent people, intelligent, critically thinking, adult people. This information that we're dealing with is, believe it or not, this is Ph.D. level information. 
This is Ph.D. level information. Thus, this show is for intelligent people. This is not for the masses. This is for a select group of intelligent people. It's just like when you go to college. You have, when you take your um, undergrad or, you know, the first couple of years of, of undergrad, you're taking basic curriculum that everybody has to take. So you're thrust into um, this this big pot of all the other students, okay? Now, as you go past your sophomore year, after your sophomore year and you declare a major, you start then kind of moving to a more concentrated group. Your classes, you'll find you have a lot of the same people in your classes because y'all have declared the same major. you also notice where you had 1,000, 2,000 classes. Now you're in 3,000 level classes, okay? You get to your senior year, and now you're preparing to graduate. You're in 4,000 level classes, all right? And now you're having more in-depth conversations, less busy work, more uh, work that requires a little more critical thinking. You have to be a little more independent thinker. Everything's not laid out for you. You have to connect the dots and put it together and develop your strategy or how you're going to address certain assignments and things of that nature. Then once you get past your undergrad, those students who were the ones who were your 3.5s, 3.6s, 8s, 4.0s, who really enjoyed just the activity of learning, some of them will go on to enter grad school. And in grad school, everything changes. There's no busy work. It is all directed, purposeful work that you do in grad school. And whereas you do fillers just to show that you, you know, uh, in undergrad, just to show uh, sometimes you're just showing um, – that you want something. It's, it's you're proving to the professor that you want a better grade. So you do all this bullshit. Well, in grad school, it's supposed to be about quality over quantity. What I want you to understand is that the conversations that we have in this broadcast, these are grad school, PhD level conversations. So that means I have an expectation for you as a listener not to follow everything I say and just hang on to every word like it's the gospel, but I expect you to have the ability to learn. And all that means is you have an open mind. With an open mind, you then can evaluate new information. And then you can move on and conduct your own further investigations based on new information that you have. 
It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, like I said, say that this is the gospel and, you know, upon this rock I build my my knowledge base. But you should at least be open-minded enough to consider and then do your own investigations. So that also means that I give a lot of details. So if that bothers some people, I, well, I don't apologize, but I'm just letting you know that's what I do. I don't apologize for that. Let me tell you why. The ultimate respect I can show you is to give you details as to how I arrive at something and why I, I think whatever I'm thinking or know what I know. If you are looking to be a follower, then you should not want any details because all you want to be is told something that elicits some type of emotional feeling in you and you and you attach to that and you ride with it. But see, I I'm expecting you to have a mind of a God. You ain't gonna be ordering just telling no God anything and, and, and then you just roll with it. I used to be a competitive and y'all excuse me, this gonna be a, you know, we gotta get this thing warmed up. We gotta address some things before we get going tonight. I used to be a competitive bodybuilder. And I used to go, and, I, and I'm a personal trainer, but I used to also go and hire another trainer to train me for a bodybuilding competition. I remember going to different people. I, basically, I had only two full, really, trainers in my little career. One was a white guy named Robert. And when you would go to him, he would write your diet and work out but he never wanted to answer any questions about why. Well, why, why did I eat this? Or what's the purpose of uh, this and this type of workout? Oh, I'm just, well, you know, I, I don't have time to explain right now. You know, I'm just going to write this up. And So that was this black chick who had referred me to him. And I used to tell her about it. Like, he don't never want to tell you nothing, you know. And she was like, oh, well, I never asked. I just... I just I just want Robert to tell me what to do, and I just go and do it, and that's it. And that always bothered me. I've never been that person where you can just tell me something, and I just go along with it, and that's, you know, hunkadory, and, you know, no questions asked, just do it, because so-and-so said so. That bothers me. Nobody should ever be that type of person where somebody can just tell you something, and you can't ask no questions. You can't ask why. So I had another trainer named Herman. Now, Herman was not the most upright human being, but Herman was a genius. It's a black guy named Herman. Now, Herman was a true master. And um, a lot of times, same mentality with the people he trained. And a lot of us were also personal trainers. And nobody ever took the time to sit and just pick Herman's brain and ask him questions. So sometimes after we had trained, I let them clear all out, and I would sit, and he would pull out these note cards, and he would show me and tell me certain things, like how many grams, how many calories are actually in a gram of protein, not what they tell you in a book. But he said when I, he said, when I was in college, I worked in a, a lab, and we actually burned 
the food in the lab and would test the heat or measure the heat coming out of it, and that's how you convert it into calories. For example, he said one gram of fat, they tell you it's not one gram of fat, they say is uh, a one ounce of fat, they say is nine grams. Um, uh, no, nine, yeah, nine calories. I might be getting it backwards. And he said, no, but when we put it in the lab, it's actually 9.67. Now, you might think that's just useless information, but when somebody's dieting for a competition and those grams are adding up and they turn into 10 grams extra as the day goes along, that decimal or those two-tenths on the decimal make a damn difference. So that's what would separate somebody being in a little more condition than somebody else. I learned that by asking questions, not by just going along as a damn robot or an automaton and, okay, Herman, I just don't get my diet. No, I want to know why. I expect the listener to this show to have that same type of mentality because if I can't tell you why I think what I think or why I know what I know, then guess what? I don't really know it. I'm just regurgitating information. I have not internalized it for myself. Just like I have internalized information, you must do the same. You are the master. So I give details because you should want details. That's how you learn. You have to have patience. This is not this stuff that we're dealing with, metaphysics, occult science, and all of the like. You can't get this stuff by just cliff note and spark noting your way through. You can't fluff your way through this shit. You can't go and I say something and I'm just going to Google that shit. Oh, I know all that. I looked it up on. It don't work that way because Google does not get into, get into your cellular makeup. It does not get into the nucleus and the atoms of your cells and become you. It is when you labor and you dig and you get on your own quest that it actually becomes you. Bobby Hammond used to say for 10 years he studied and read all these books, and he started, after that, he started communing with the gods. It was an initiation. You, too, have to go through, I have gone through, and it's still going through my own form. You go through initiations till you, till you expire out of this human body. But I know for sure what he's talking about because I have experienced that. Where things start happening because you are on your hero's journey. So I want to encourage everybody who listens to understand what it is we do here with this show, with this quest, with Masters of the Cosmos dot com. This is what we're about. This is not a game. This is real shit. You got to pay your dues. You can't fluff. Through this, it's cool to call yourself a god and a goddess. And it's cool to say I'm conscious and I got melanin and all that other bullshit. But when you are by yourself, you must learn to labor. Stop trying to debate and argue with people and prove that you know more and I'm more conscious and 
you Hebrews and and you Muslims and and you Christians don't know shit and you Moors don't know nothing. I got the I'm average. All this, all these groups. I don't give a fuck about debating with nobody to prove nothing about what I know. I is what I is. And that's eternal. So I want to get that, make that clear. If you've never listened to this show before, understand where we're coming from, all right? With that said, tomorrow evening, no matter where you are in the world, if you cannot make it in North Carolina to Dr. Aleem and Sister Kadira's retreat, then I encourage you to get over to mastersofthecosmos.com and register for our virtual class tomorrow, Intro to Metaphysics. Very important class because it's going to lay the foundation. YouTube is a great tool. You can see all these different lectures and videos from all these different teachers and people but sometimes the problem is the house starts to get framed and you never poured the proper foundation. Then you get this pretty house up and then you go in your bathroom one night and there's a hole in the floor because you never poured your foundation properly. This class is a beginner level and advanced level all in one. You're going to learn advanced information in a way that you can understand it, which means when you go forth from the class and you say you're reading some literature or you see some movie or you see some stuff in the news, you will have a different, more acute, keen eye and lens to evaluate what you see, what you hear, what you feel, all the above. That's what this class will help you with. Intro to Metaphysics. You get over to mastersofthecosmos.com. Click on classes, and you'll see Intro to Metaphysics. The date is on there, 9-22-2017. We start at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we're starting on time tomorrow. Because the class sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a minimum probably two two and a half hours, so we got to start on time. You know, we're a little late the last time we did it, but we had a hell of a class, though, too. But I highly encourage you. It is definitely worth your time and your energy to consider. Now, we don't want to tarry any longer. I want to talk about something tonight that I think is very, very important. And something I think as so-called conscious and aware and awake people that we tend to overlook, and it's, uh, I think it's a taboo subject for us to discuss because um, the shame and the stigmatism that has been attached to it uh, historically throughout the history of melanated people, and that is depression and mental illness. 
Now, these topics are too vast for me to do them or us to do them proper justice in this little two hours that we on here, two, two and a half, whatever amount of time we on here. So our, our goal is not to give all the answers and solve all the problems. It is to spark a line of communication and thought um, and to give you some tools for you to use moving forward um, in your journey. So the topic is a metaphysical discussion of depression and mental illness. A metaphysical discussion of depression and mental illness. I think I, I need to give you just a quick backdrop. I got too many notes because this was going to be a different type of lecture, so I know I can't get through these notes, so I'm just pretty much freestyling. But one thing I want you to be aware of is that, and we're going to go and look at the definition, the formal definition of depression, etymology, and so forth, because I always like to start with that. But it is very important that in a discussion about depression, first and foremost, that we understand creation itself. Keep that in mind. I want you to put a a paper clip right there. Depression, um, as it applies to creation, I'm talking about creation of the world, humanity, whatever. All right, but before we go there, let's just get a working definition of depression. It's an act of depressing or a state of being depressed as a pressing down, lowering, a state of feeling sad, dejection, a psychoneurotic or psychotic disorder marked by sadness, inactivity, difficulty in thinking and concentration and feelings of dejection, okay? Um, that's a working definition, formal definition coming out of Webster's Dictionary. But I want to look at some etymology here. Not going too deep, but just um, basically... Echoing pretty much what the what the um, formal definition says, let's just kind of piggyback it on. Let me find a. I forgot to let me get find my note. I had written myself a little. Yeah. Okay. Depression comes from the Indo-European root. Her and the Roman numeral seven. These are these are when I give you these these Indo-European roots and these numbers. These are categorization or a system of labeling that Shipley uses um, in his book, The Origin of English Words. Um, and this is a, a label for a family. Okay, so the root would be the mother. 
She's the, the root of the family. She's the head of the family, the matriarch. So when you find the root of a word, you're finding the matriarch, okay, the mother. And from this root, we get coming together, drawing near, embracing, striking each other. And to go further, we could also say that's contraction and squeezing. Now, let's come back to what I said about creation. And tomorrow we're going to go in depth in this um, because this is basically metaphysics 101 because metaphysics deals with epistemology, ontology, and it also has to deal with eschatology which eschatology goes more with, you know, that's close, closer to occult sciences, your eschatology. Epistemology is just the origin of philosophical thought, how it develops. So when you, when you say how, the word how, and origin, you're talking about creation. How did all of this come about? Ontology, ontos, means essence. What's the essence, the science of the essence, ontology? Ology is essence, uh, science. So those have to come up when you're talking about metaphysics, which we'll go into those heavy tomorrow, breaking down those terms. But creation is the ultimate expression of depression. Now go back. Depression from its root means coming together, drawing near, embracing, striking each other, contracting, squeezing. Now, if you've listened, you go back and listen to some of the past uh, shows, and you see that when we talk about creation, we have the fall, the fall from the garden. You have also, which it would be synonymous with the fall of Lucifer, we have in the Superman epic, the fall of Kal-El from the planet Krypton. He falls down to Earth. Whenever there's a fall, that means something is being lowered down, okay? When it is something is being lowered down to sin, that is compression. It is being put under pressure. Now, notice the word depressed has as its root Deista is the prefix. Sean is the suffix, but in the middle, the root is press. Press. Something's being squeezed. Creation itself is the act of your soul falling from outside of this dimension and being squeezed into this dimension. We can call this 3D three dimensions, third dimension. That is what creation is, and creation is the first episode of depression. So I want to give that as a working or running thought for us to have as we move forward with this discussion, because sometimes you can feel as though you're odd or something's wrong with you because you go through bouts of depression, especially once you start to call yourself conscious. Oh, I ain't supposed to. I'm a god. I ain't supposed to, you know, you know, I rise above that beneath me. I don't get depressed because I know that's bullshit. 
So I want to I want to say it so you hear it come from somebody who who posits as a teacher. That's bullshit. You are having a human experience. And guess what? The human condition comes along with having a human experience. So quickly, we got a um a young lady who's gonna come in and talk about uh, her situation. She can be as vague or as um, poignant as she wants to be. It's up to her. Um, and we're going to hopefully through working through this um, and talking it out. Some of you who may be listening in or who will listen to this. Uh, later on, either through podcasts or on YouTube, you also can can uh, find some tools to work through and to understand and not to feel like you should be ostracized or something's wrong with you um, as being uh, outside of the norm when these types of things actually are the norm. We just don't talk about them, especially for black people. I'm sorry if using that term offends anybody or, you know, indigenous people. We have so much trauma built into our DNA, and we've always had to just move on and not talk about it, not discuss it, not deal with it. We've got to keep on moving because we are the ultimate survivors. And I don't mean this, well, I ain't going to say that because people ain't going to understand that. But we are the ultimate survivors. So that can work to your credit at times and also to your detriment because when you don't deal with a wound, it doesn't just go away. It, It starts to get an infection. So um, I want to identify some different types of depression. This is just my layman approach. I'm no psych- I'm no psychologist. I consider category one is the human circumstance. Depression um, as related to the human circumstance. Now, that's what I consider the human circumstance. I have no money. I lost my job. I don't have a mate or a significant other, things of that nature. I call that the, I consider those to fit in the category of human circumstances. Circumstance in the connotative sense, meaning that it's something that is happening right now, but it's not necessarily permanent, okay? Then there's two, second category, the human condition. I'm an amputee. I have a terminal disease or illness. I'm pear-shaped. See, that's, that's a condition. You can't change the way your body's shaped. You're shaped like a pear. You're shaped like a, a ruler. You shape, some people shape like a Coke bottle. You can't change that. That's, that, that. You can enhance certain parts of your body, but your shape is relative to your bone structure. That's fixed, okay? Your, if you're an amputee, that's a condition, you know, um, if you have some terminal illness, you know, stage five or something, 
stage five cancer, whatever. You know, that's a condition. So that's different from a circumstance. Third category is a soul condition. A soul condition is something like this. I'm depressed because I exist as a human in a three-dimensional world. Or persecution for thinking and knowing outside the box. Now, see, that's that's a human feeling of feeling persecuted, but the fact that you can think outside of the box and beyond the conditioning, that's something that has to do with your soul. That's coming from your soul. When somebody can play music and the um, the um, the written notes say you're supposed to do this and do that, but they don't even look at the written music. They play by ear. They play by what they feel, what they what they hear, or what you know. That's coming from the soul. That's a soul condition. So those three. Human circumstances, human condition, soul condition. And here's a fourth one that still comes on the humanity, but I want to keep it separate. Let's just call this wellness. Sometimes your depression is coming from you ain't had no sleep. Improper foods. Lack of exercise. You're not moving. When you look at the Kabbalah, People like to explain Kabbalah and make that shit so complicated. That shit is so simple. There's three major arteries on the front side of the tree of life. That is Chokma, Bina, and then in the middle is the middle pillar, three pillars. Middle pillar is the only one where you can go from Malku all the way up to Kether. That's the only one you can travel that goes straight from the Ruta to the Tudor. Whether you're talking about balancing out the two outer pillars or balancing out the front side and the Kalipov, which is the you go through Doth to the backside of the Tree of Life, which is Kalipov, they all come down to balance. If you look at the scales of justice and you look at the tree of life, you see a similar motif. There's a midpoint. The scales of justice talk about balance. Justice is supposed to be having the ability to judge objectively and see both sides so that a balance can be achieved. We run into problems when we become so spiritual that we neglect everything physical. Just as the same as somebody who's so entrenched in the physical world that they don't give a damn about nothing spiritual. I got my money. I got my house. I work out every day. You know, they like me on social media. Human shit. Then you got the person who's ultra spiritual. You know, I meditate and I'm all into all my studies and spiritual work and this and that, but I don't do anything to address my body, my physical shell. 
that is people who are living on either one pillar on the right or the pillar on the left. The balance is where you're supposed to try to find yourself. So that's why this is important to consider in the big picture is lack of sleep and proper food, lack of exercise, because now when you shut down the whole vessel, and I ain't going to get into all other what you should be, oh, you should only be eating fruits and berries and shit, and you know, I ain't getting into all that. But see, I know enough, I've de- dealt with enough people, you can't tell every person that's supposed to eat the same shit. People are different. I've had people, I've had people, I diet them down for a show, woman can't go to the bathroom. For her, the secret recipe was peas and carrots. And shit might not work for the other person. But for her, when I gave her peas and carrots, she started shitting like there was no tomorrow. And her stomach was distended. Her stomach went flat, and she was ready for her show. So I ain't going to get into all that about who's supposed to be eating what and all this. That shit has become a religion. But you have to find your own balance. That's the key. So that's our backdrop. That's our foundation for our discussion. When you're talking about depression, you've got to be able to understand where is it coming from. Is this a human circumstance? Is this a human condition? Is this a soul condition? Or is this just basic wellness? All right? I want to lay that foundation. And then if the sister's ready... I'm gonna bring her in. You can you can tell them your name or alias if you want. However you want to do it, I'm gonna open your line up. Area code six eight two. You're in the building. Can you hear me? We can Hello? hear you. Take a deep take a deep breath. We can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Well, my name is Candace, and I'm I am not uh, ashamed to tell my story now. At first, I was um, pretty humiliated, but um, I think it was a part of my hero's journey that I had to go through what I'm going through. So, my dad died when I was ten, and I was told. It was a heart attack, and I felt guilty all these years because I rushed him off the phone New Year's Eve when he died. But I would find out at 30, through my new job, that um, he actually died from a crack cocaine overdose. He was hanging with some friends, and I guess they had got a bad batch of of drugs and he began to foam at the mouth and his friends left him um, there to die all by himself. And when I first found this out, I was very upset, angry, humiliated. I became depressed, embarrassed. I sealed his file. I didn't want any of those people that I work with to know my story or or to look at me and judge me or, or think of me as some ghetto black girl. And I struggled with all the feelings that I was feeling. So I talked with um, Jamal about it, 
and at the time I was going through it heavy. Every time I mentioned it, I would begin to cry. Um, in in early meditations that I do in the morning, I, I just wasn't feeling it. So I also have bought um, Jamal's book, The Lies Behind the Tides, and I'm I'm on chapter two. And it finally clicked with me, like what Jamal was saying. This was just a part of my experience. It's just a part of my path. His choices are indirectly a part of something that I need to go through in order to find myself. But I didn't want to take anything away from the fact that I was angry, depressed, humiliated, wishing I could, you know, yell and scream and and cuss out all of my family for making me feel dumb, stupid, humiliated. Um, But then as I began to process it and through my readings and I realized that, like I said, I needed to experience this. I'm not sure why I need to experience it, but I think I needed to be pressed, purified, go through it. And so I had to go through the depression. Most black people, we just bottle stuff up. We don't talk about it. We're not going to tell anyone. We're not going to ask for any help. We're just going to put it up, seal it, and pretend it didn't exist. But I decided to take a different route. And I guess that's why it doesn't bother me no more to say what my real name is, um, how my father really died, and the addiction that he dealt with during his lifetime that I had no idea about Um, because it might help somebody else who's depressed about family issues and not realizing that those family issues, maybe you just need to take a global look at them and see how you need to get the essence, like Jamal was always talking about, get the part of it that you need out of it and move forward. So I guess, um, I fell down through my my hero's journey, and now I'm just walking my path um, and discovering more different things about myself. And that's kind of how I've dealt what, with the depression. So where where are you now? Can you say so? You've been dealing with yourself. How do you? But you say you're still not sure why you had to experience this. That's a, that's I would a... say as far as where I'm at with it, why I had to experience it, um, that's probably where I'm at right now, figuring out the why. Maybe I'm going to meet someone along my path um, that is going to have a similar situation and maybe I need to help them and be, because you know I'm pretty real. You know I'm very transparent. I don't really give a damn about what people think or what they say. I look at it on on the level of the Chronicles of Narnia. You know how in that movie, which is similar to what we're, you've been saying in so many words, we're here. We have fallen, you know, we've fallen down to experience this earthly realm. And so I think sometimes with conscious people, like you said, they're too spiritual that they forget the human condition. 
And I think what my my reading and my research on what I'm going or why I went through that and why I'm figuring out the purpose of that particular part of my story being added at my at, at the year of 30 for me is more of me adjusting to the human condition because lately I've been very on one side, not truly balanced. I've been super ultra spirit where, you know, I've, I stay more into my studies. I stay more to my readings and my meditation. And I think maybe that part needed to come out to remind me that although all of this is true, I still have to deal with the human condition. I still have to deal with human experiences. And for a moment, I believe that I don't think I had to deal with human experiences. So although, Mm -hmm. like you said, we are all gods, um, we still have to, you know, take into account the human condition. That's an excellent, I think that's an excellent, excellent point. And that's a... That's a sign of maturity because um, if we allow it, this whole scenario is about spiritual maturation. And it's about, you know, your soul getting um, a series of data inputs that it needs merely for experience. Now that that I think one of the hardest things to swallow is that you come from a place where you had full capability of seeing behind you in front of you, and you chose this experience for all of right. us. That we actually chose this I think an excellent movie For everyone to watch Is Mr. Nobody It's on Netflix You can go and check out Mr. Nobody It's an an excellent movie um, Because He keeps trying to figure out a way Where things wouldn't go Shitty Wouldn't go sour and every time he lives out this other path, something still messed up happens till he finally comes right. to the conclusion that it was just about the experience. Either way you go is going to be the right way and it's going to also be the wrong way. That's, that, mm-hmm. that's the trickster. The trickster is the God of the crossroads. You have to come to the crossroads and make a choice. Am I going to go left? Am I going to go right? You know, I'm going to go straight, go back. Either way, you're going to be right and you're going to be wrong. Wrong in that there's no such thing as no, no, you know, whatever path you take is just going to be luxurious and it's going to be painless because. Right. And I think this is where the, the just a, what can help us is a real Hardcore understanding of what metaphysics is, and mm-hmm. you're getting your baptism by fire. You are learning. Yeah, you are learning through this. You're truly learning what it's, it's a difference to hear the words, but 
when you go through this experience and you have to work through trauma and you transcend the trauma, then you literally are being ushered into godhood. Right. You know, it, it, um, go ahead. You got something? Because I went through the period of mourning what I consider normal. I've went, and, you know, when I talked with you about it, I was angry, and I was just like, I mean, well, shit, what else can happen? My mother died at 17 under suspicious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now you now you, mm-hmm. you want to rip the band-aid off again. And, oh, by the way, your dad actually was on crack. He, Your mama just never allowed you to be around him. So in, all the times that I've seen him, I've only seen him in his best light. And I thought of the illusion of just the earthly realm in itself. You only see things to a certain point. And so when I started to apply just different principles from the book um, that, you know, you wrote, I that's when I grasped it. But that's why I said I don't want anyone to confuse. Like you said, you are going to go bouts of, of depression. I may have triumphed, you know, been triumphant on this particular street corner that I was at on my path, but I don't know what 31 holds. I don't know what 32 holds. But I'm, I think, like you said, it, the the thing that we as a people need is just awareness. We need to know the truth. And once you like know the overall truth. I think when we go through these crazy things that we go through in life, we won't come out so scarred and wounded. Um, because, like I said, it, now that I've had time to process it, yes, it's better. But if I'd never met you and I took it the Christian route, like I was raised very Southern Baptist conservative Christian, they would have just put it on the shelf in the back of your mind. And when I do do my meditation and really try to clear my mind, how was I going to clear something that I've never dealt with? Well, it was just going to linger. It was going to bother me at 40. It will bother me at 50 unless I just mm-hmm. keep repeating my story until, it don't, it, it, until I see it as a tool of help and not a, something that is, you know, my shield is being um Possibly harmed, so that's why like I, I want to take mind being open on that. <clears throat> I want to piggyback on something you said about the church and organized thinking. Something about organized religion, because what happens is when the emphasis gets placed on something outside of us, then it means that. It tells us it's okay to just give in because that's the whole basis is give in to God, give in to Jesus, give in to Allah, give in to whatever. Um, But I think this is the dilemma why certain people, once they consider themselves to be conscious, struggle with things like this because now you have divorced yourself from all of the deities and once you divorce yourself and then you go, it's so, it's cool 
when you just caught up in the moment and you just now learning the information and you like, oh yeah, I'm a god, you know, I, I'm a god. I, I dress up, I got my hair dreadlocks and you know, <laughs> I got on a certain garb and I'm a god. But when some shit hits you, then quiet is kept. You like, man, should I pray? Should I pray about this? Should I take this to the Lord? That's now he go the real test of how conscious you are now. Now you in some shit. Oh, now some things and you know it and hit the fan now. Now what you gonna do? Because now you don't have the safety net that you had because you have burnt that bridge to this deity that was outside of you. And I think that's where it comes in where you need to have a firm basis of what this stuff is that you're really dealing with. And then here's the Reader's Digest version. The Reader's Digest version is you once put all your faith in the deity that was not you. Well, now it's about you discover that you are that. So it's like, but I'm still going through shit. So I don't have no answers. So the, the 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 what it boils down to is being becoming. Let's just use the term Christ. Becoming Christ is about suffering. That's what it's about. It is about suffering. Some of the stuff we learn in organized religion. Let's say. Namely Christianity About Christ mm-hmm. suffering and going to the cross It was Mispackaged But it was actually telling you some real stuff I remember growing up in church They said I just want you to know once you give your life to Christ That's when all the problems really start And I was like damn They used that's to say that is a very, like, yeah. That's a major one That's a you major cliche Yeah y'all going to Prayer meeting every Wednesday Revival mm-hmm. every other month, Sunday, school, then sit in service, and then you're going to tell me all that bullshit, and then you're going to tell me all my problems. No, it ain't for me. But they were actually telling you something true, but they didn't really know how true it was. And it's how it should be worded is once you decide to become Christ, not worship it, but once you decide to activate this this sleeping giant inside of you, you start to bring toxins up to the surface. You know, it's like when you fast. When you fast, you pull all these toxins out of your system, and you might break out in hives. You might have chills. But this is your body purifying itself. So part of you becoming Christ is you have to endure some suffering. That's how you get made. You know, I wanna I wanna throw something on. We're gonna take a little pause and we're gonna throw <clears> on <throat> some some Bobby real quick. And we're gonna let him break this down. And the creator who created it. Pain and suffering is the only true thing that is pure. Suffering is just like the God of honor, now in honor you get the book, the book, there's a book called uh, the Book of Inanna. And in there she has to go through 
a whole series of transformations and she had to take off all this jewelry, all her clothes that she has to strip because she's ascending into a world to get to a higher level and at the end of the journey she dies and when she dies she literally, um, she literally uh, uh, gains a whole lot of um, spiritual insight and spiritual power also to do what she wants to do. So the Adonis story was also changed to Job in the book because they can't have the, the woman going through the process in the patriarchal religion. So Job becomes the great sufferer. Um, and black people, in a sense, out of Africa are suffering. He said, well, why do I have to suffer? Because suffering is the only thing that is pure because if this is a dog, if you're in a prison and you rebel against the prison, that's pure. You don't never want a dog and accept the prison that you're in. So pain and suffering is the only thing that is pure. And so therefore it's inevitable Seems like we can't shake this pain and suffering on some kind of level and stuff. Look like we on the right damn track, because that shit'll follow us like right damn love. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Pain and suffering gonna come, and you can catch it all the air you want, but if something will go wrong, it will. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. You know, and that's just the way it is. Why the hell you think these white Jews are trying to dog on corner the market on this suffering thing? You see what I'm saying? And why is it, like I said, why is it that the movie Hellraiser, when you, when you, when they saw the riddle, riddle these Cenobites come and all, and they doing all kind of horrible things for pain and suffering. So they're trying to tell you that the pain and suffering in an illusionary world, it may be pain and suffering in the Matrix, but in actuality, it is paradise outside this illusionary world. And what is the white boy saying to do to, to give you an anesthesia? Remember, he calls us an incontinuance toward learning. The white boy causes an incontinuance towards learning and understanding because he calls it luxury. You see what I'm saying? Which is the dog on anesthesia. So even our protest that we talk about is all still based on luxury. Right. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes the shit that ain't going right in this man's world that you want to go back to, you can not have no problem. You see what I'm saying? And I have to keep reminding myself, this shit does not exist. We are a bunch of dead people thinking we're alive and been dead millions of years ago. That's what they said. The Egyptians said that there was a group of people that died millions Okay. The main thing I took from that. If you think about it, when you're in pain and suffering, that's when you are going to be the realest of the real. That's when you're going to let your real right. self come out. That's when you're going to let all the cuss words come out. That's when you're going to take down the facades, when you are uncomfortable, when you are suffering of some sort, whether you lose your job, uh, you have a car accident, you know, whether it be whatever the suffering is, that's when you're going to be your realest self. And I guess that's, that's what right. I said. That's right. <clears throat> Ultimately, when I was going through that, yes, I was trying to, I discovered my realest self because I had developed, after my mom died, I developed this, this shield where it was going to take a lot to make me cry, almost on a walking dead level. I'd been through so much in life that I don't have empathy for the human condition or other people's minimum problems as I I viewed it. And so I started to lose pieces of my emotion. I think I still need the ability to cry out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I'd lost that. Uh, and I think this hit like a ton of bricks because it it was going to take a force 
a major force of suffering for me to um, be purified again. So my ne- whatever my next level of suffering is, whether it be, you know, I, I finish school soon, whether or not I be able to use that degree, whether or not, and like I told you, I'd already came to the realization I'm over the money rat race. I just want a job to where I'm allowed to still balance meditating, reading, but I don't have to have a million dollars in this lifetime. It's okay. Um, And I think as a people, if we could get to that point where we're not chasing after what they necessarily have, but focusing on what, on us internally, on how to uh, better our own independent selves, not following no no charismatic church leader, not following me, not following you, just working on it every day, talking to people who have some of the sources that we need and putting it back in our tool shed and going back and um, hammering it out um, is ultimately mm-hmm. what I hope to do. Two things. Why would God or the divine allow itself to be thrust into this muck and dirt of a reality if it wasn't willing to suffer? And two, why would it allow itself to suffer if it could not transcend the suffering? Right. I think what's important is when we come out of those bouts and you have those moments of clarity, because see what happens, I found, as I look back over my own life, times when I've been depressed, when I come out of it, in the past, I would just be happy that I was out of it and I'd be like, I'm going to just kind of try to block that out. I just don't want to have to go through it again, try to block it out. And Which Carl Jung talks about this a lot in his work about the, I um, can't remember what he calls it, the, the daemon. It has to be integrated. Until it is integrated, it's going to always keep popping up. And this just leads over into multiple personalities. Until they are integrated, they will always want to come out and express themselves and have their 15 minutes of fame because we tend to want to run from things and try to suppress them. Suppression never works. It has to be brought out to the surface. Because ultimately what has to happen, what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to transcend. You transcend by moving through whatever you're going through. I would say, I think I said this the last time I was on the radio. If I had known five years ago what 2012 up to 2017 was going to be like, I might have just jumped off of, uh, what's the I-30 overpass going on 360 and going over I-30. I might just, man, hell no. Oh, five years of this bullshit? Oh, no. So 
But by going through it though And not Copping out You know I'm still here I'm still I'm doing something I love doing I have experiences to share I have hopefully some knowledge to share And you know where this shit came from? Going through the fire And being broken And we talk about breaking You know Something I think we need to talk about more As so called conscious people Is getting broken You know Because we always You know They they use this term in Organized religion and Especially Christianity Talk about a breakthrough Your breakthrough is coming Your breakthrough Your breakthrough mm-hmm. But what's the first part of a breakthrough you got to get broken. You got to get broken. And I have broken bones before. I have, I've, I've torn so many muscles and broke shit in my body just through sports and, and working out. It's like, oh, damn. But it's not until you go through the break, which then denotes suffering, that you transcend it. Now, let me give you this. Let me just give a very, a very layman, superficial, mundane example of transcending suffering. I've torn both of my pectoralis muscles. That's the muscle that connects your your chest to your basically your shoulder. I've torn both of them. Mm-hmm. One was repaired when I was in high school. I tore the other one in 2006. Never had it repaired. Then I partially tore the one that I had repaired. I tore it again last year. So I got two messed up pecs. Now, what happened, though, with those injuries is I learned things about my body. I tore both deltoids, partial tears, and... For about six months I couldn't lift No more than 10 pounds over my head Mm. What I learned From those injuries Is I learned how to train people And train myself To heal myself I learned Mm -hmm. that If I got an injury in one part Of my body What I need to do is put more focus In the opposite part of my body To trigger The healing in the injured area So when I injured my chest, I put more focus on strengthening my my latissimus dorsi, you know, what they call the wings, you know, your back muscles, you know, the area around your shoulder blades. When I I tore my shoulders, I started training the the, the back part of my shoulders more. It was called your rear deltoids. And by training the area that was opposite of where the pain was, I was able to heal the areas that I had injured to where I can go back to training and lifting heavy weight like I used to. No surgery. Hmm. So what if we apply that same thinking to when I have a bout of depression? What if I go, instead of running from where the pain is, what if I go in and analyze it? Not maybe Mm -hmm. try to analyze it while I'm in it, but analyze it once I come out Because you're going to come out Yeah 
So yeah. instead of being manic and just excited because, oh, I'm great today, no, stop and be still and analyze what was that person like who was in that moment? What triggered mm-hmm. it? And then who am I really? Not who am I, the personality. Who am I really? Mm-hmm. What am I afraid of? And my daddy used to tell him one of my daddy's heroes was a, a photographer named Gordon Parks. Very well-known photographer in the you know, 70s and 80s. Well, that's a story about Gordon Parks. He had a fear of death. So when his mother died, he went and slept. When she was in the uh, funeral home, the body was being prepared. He slept by her body. That's some crazy sounding shit, but he slept by her Mm -hmm. body in the uh, mortuary because he needed to do that to confront his fears. Mm. So one way to transcend depression, and this is all supposed to be part of being conscious, is supposed to be about being aware. So it's supposed to be about you finding everything about yourself and becoming aware of it. The good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly. Right. I think just that from us it. talking more, more and more when I think about it, I was afraid that the validity of our relationship was not real and the direct impact of that was that I was never really loved. I was never a real valid person because you when I think about everybody kept saying, why does this bother you? He died in 98. Why is it bothering you so much? You're 30 years old. Why should it bother you? It bothered me because it, it hit at the core of my foundation of my philosophy of who I am as a, or who I identify myself as, as a person. And like you said, um, you have, once you, once you run to the, once you are able to examine that pain, examine that stuff, don't just be manic and just be hiding and putting on a different facade or a different personality to cope or drinking. You know I love wine and popcorn. I didn't run to any of my 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 normal ways to cope with things I don't want to deal with. I just decided to go ahead and just bite the bullet. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Which is important. I mean, um, you know, this is really. I had something I wanted to add to that, but either way, this is really what the purpose of all of this is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Your ultimate goal. I'm. I'm just going. This is. This is. This is really what occult studies and metaphysics really boils down to. I'm going. This is. This. This is a nugget. Some people know this already, and some don't. The true purpose of learning metaphysics and occult studies 
is to learn how to properly and effectively destroy yourself. Now, let me put this in proper context. I'm not encouraging anybody to go out here and commit suicide. Let me, let's address suicide real quick, and I'm going to come back to what I mean by destroy yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to be on no crisis hotline trying to tell a motherfucker that you matter and all that. I'm not going to tell no motherfucker I don't know. You matter. No, your life is. No, that's bullshit. That's <laughs> ego. But I want to say this, though, to the people who are listening to this broadcast who are on this frequency. Why I'm not a proponent of that Because you run the risk Of getting your ass Snatched back down here Into some bullshit that's even worse Than what you're in now By copping out You gotta know this If you are of Divine stock That means you agree To this shit Now what happens is that you go through The birth canal you forget and you lose your memory. Part of you becoming conscious is you regaining or remembering. You're putting something back together so that you can break the wheel of reincarnation. If you cop out of the game too early before you have completely mastered, you know, this realm, then you run the risk of having to get snatched back down. Right. That's my real response to somebody who may be thinking about suicide. I'm not going to sit here and try to rub your back and shit and put Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest and tell you everything's going to be okay. No, this is the <laughs> real metaphysical reason why not to do that shit. Because you are really rolling the dice. They always used to say when we go to church, oh, you're going to go straight to hell if you commit suicide. No, you do go to hell, but not hell in right no pit. Here. Hell back into a damn fucking shitting and pissing ass body. So that's, that's, that's my tough love statement on suicide. Now, now, I had to put that out there as a disclaimer because that's not what I'm promoting. When I say destroy yourself, you are destroying slowly the image that you've been given of yourself. So sometimes these tragedies are happen because they are they are helping to ignite the fire of destruction. If you have a fire that's inside of you called Kundalini, well what does fire do? It burns up shit. You can go and read in the Bhagavad Gita about how Krishna burns up the universe. He eats up worlds with his many mouths. You can find stories also of Shiva who goes and burns up the Himalayas with his third eye. They're all saying that once the real you wakes up, this is where we go back to the monster. As Brother Bobby said, Lavado, the dragon. The monster is you waking up and the destruction of the monster is it destroys the 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 facade that you've been living under of who you are, called your personality. The word personality literally means mask. That's what personality means, mask. 
So when I went through all my shit, you got to think. See, you're meeting me now, this version of Jamal. But that was a version of me who used to make $160,000 a year as a personal trainer. People don't believe that shit. I got the notebooks here because I was, you know, ghetto accounting. Every time somebody paid me, I wrote my shit down in the notebook. And at the end of the year, I would go and add all that shit up. Like, damn, I made 160. I made $179,000 one year. And you got to imagine what that does to your ego when you came to Texas with nothing. I came to Texas with $400. A pack of black and miles, a nine millimeter, some clothes, and a fucking weed eater. Because I had a lawn care business when I was in North Carolina. The only thing I had left was a weed eater. That's what I came here with. So I built myself up to had this type of, you know, income, first person in my family with my own business, you know, going out to go and drop $3,000 on something like it wasn't nothing, going to the jewelry store, <clears throat> Bitch talk to me crazy. I talk to her crazy. I can buy your ass. Mm. Talking crazy. That was me. So can you imagine when you come outside and they didn't repose your shit? Or, oh, you okay. Oh, you fell. Okay, hold on. Okay. The young lion. He's he's having his suffering for the night. Um, but when when you think you're riding on top of the world and all your shit crumbles, and then. You said you were worried about your coworkers. What would they think? They found out, yeah, oh, your daddy was a crackhead. Well, right. I wondered what people gonna say. Oh, Jamal ain't got his gym no more. He, got, we saw. I was so worried because when you get locked out of your business, <laughs> when you can't pay your rent, they go and put a sign up on the door and says. You've been locked out. I'm like, oh, man. And the biggest day, I got this huge sign on, up on top of the building says Jim Works. Everybody knows that's my shit. So all this shit I had to go through. Where your truck at? I come in driving your truck no more. So that is the destruction. When you go through something like that, it destroys who you thought you were, because that shit needed to be destroyed. And then when you destroy the shell, not a butterfly can come out. So now that I'm, a, you know, I'm a little removed from the initial trauma of all that stuff that happened, I can talk about this now. Because, you know, for years, I was angry, you know. Right. Talking right. shit about motherfuckers and, Oh you know I, I hope that motherfucker I hope her daddy have a fucking heart attack You know so I had people do some old fucked up shit You know um, People pay me for training Because people used to pay me large sums of money In advance 
somebody had paid me $4,000 for her and her mother to train, I think, for a year or something. So when I got locked out the gym, I was going to have to move to another gym. I was like, hey, you know, you come over here. Oh, we don't want to drive that far. So the bitch goes and calls her bank and says she wants a refund. I wake up one morning, my account is $4,000 in the fucking negative. People be tripping because they shit be down to $1,000. I'm like, motherfucker, imagine you wake up one day and your shit is negative 4000 It's like, God damn, you're going to have to work 10 years just to come back out of this shit. So I've experienced, this is just, the, this ain't even the tip of the iceberg. That's why I am qualified to talk about going through bullshit and the idea you have of yourself being destroyed. And it's beautiful. Right. As Brother Bobby say, suffer to the best of your abilities. But one thing he didn't say, though, what we need to pick up, suffer but transcend your suffering. That's the key. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, anything else you wanted to share before we open no, up no, you know, the line? Anybody else? No. Go ahead. Well, thank you for thank you for being candid. You know, uh, I'm hoping that somebody who hears your story. They didn't heard mine a million times. I think I didn't told that story. I'm getting to be an old. You know, old people tell shit over and over. You know, boy, 1937. You know, so you know, it's good you, know you don't look old. <laughs> you know, you I halfway think you're a vampire. We won't go there. You don't well, look. <laughs> you're eight, but um, it's because the words been keeping me. <laughs> I think the best part out of all of this is that my my image needs to be destroyed, and that was gonna be that was gonna be something that I like I said I quickly hit that, and you know when people used to be like oh your mom and dad are dead I never told people both of my parents are deceased I don't want to get into that because I don't like that the expression that comes afterwards, but now that mm-hmm. I like you said. From your suffering, you transcend. I don't mind telling my story uh, to anyone that will, um, to anyone that wants to know, because I, I used to look at I used to look at the world in general as uh, from an orphan state or from um, just a I don't fit in state. I think I had shared that with you because everyone Let that me I interrupt you for a second in my shoes. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got to interrupt you. But you you just you just you know what you need you know who you are. You are the female I do know Batman. You're Batwoman. A bat okay, huh? uh yeah, I was going more for an Egyptian goddess, but if you, okay. No, Batwoman. who do you think they based him on? He's based on Osiris. So, but let me tell you why though. You know the story of Batman, his parents got murdered, right? He's an orphan. Right. Spider Man, Peter Parker. He's li- he's living with his yeah, aunt. Yeah, his parents are murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So this is some true divine Christ shit. You need to really look into Batman and Spider-Man. Don't get caught in the gender thing. Or you can but go the, and look at, I think, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think Wonder Woman, if I can remember correctly, I don't know if her mother, maybe her mother was still alive. But you need to look into these, do some research on these characters because, you know, it really can speak to, this is some powerful shit, what I'm trying to say. When you say you're on your hero or heroine's journey, no, you are on it. And you liable to be going down some road you can't even see right now. You might not even be doing the shit. You think talking about money. You might not even be doing the shit that you're doing right now in five more years if the world is still here. Right. And I ain't, and, and, and oh, okay. The homies say Wonder Woman's black sister was the orphan. Ain't that some shit? Hmm. You need to look into, look into that Wonder Woman story. I will look into it. We, we, we're living out these motifs of these gods. We actually are living them out. Because mm-hmm. it's us. So, I'm sorry I cut you off, but I, that came up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, damn. Then you got to look at the age. The age you were when these deaths occurred. And, you know, that's where the numerology comes in. Wow, but you know we're gonna we're gonna go deeper tomorrow. We're gonna go deeper because okay. tomorrow in class we, we're gonna talk about the Nephilim. We're gonna talk about mm-hmm. the Nephilim, and I'm gonna show y'all how our story has been um, hidden and broken up in all these different uh, areas. Okay, he says her name was Nubia. This is homie Gino. He said her name was Nubia, Wonder Woman's sister. So I want you to I want you to look into that. You okay. know who you okay, know so Nubia look at is Wonder Woman's story and Nubia her just aunt, look at that right or yeah no her sister okay oh her sister okay look look at the whole Wonder Woman how she comes about her her origin you know she's the Amazonian um. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that and study that, because that's you. That's you. And, you know, and you even can, you probably can start getting into some, some altar work and, and just 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 be open and expect some, some like they used to say when I was a little boy, expect a miracle. When preachers used to come on and tell evangelists, expect a miracle. You need to be expecting some shit because this this is some this the real deal, Jimmy. You know, because I'm I'm an only child, and both of my parents died very tragically. Oh yeah. Similarity of the Okay, I will look into the story. Mm. Well. Uh, I'm gonna have to wrap up here. I'm, I'm we're gonna open up. I hate I have to cut it. We're gonna 
we're going to open up the lines real quick. If anybody got any final comments or quick questions or whatever, uh, press one. We got Sister Candace on. Another thing I want to tell you that that I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell you about your handle, you know, for your email. I'm going to tell you what that means in, uh, in Greek. It's funny that I don't know if you knew that and you chose it. But um, the lines are open. If anybody got anything they want to add real quick, press one. Um, then I got to get out of here because the lion is in rare form tonight. <laughs> get him. <laughs> this boy is on. He on 3,000 tonight. So, um, okay, we're going to go to 817. Thank you, Sister Candice. Okay. 817, peace. Peace, Brother Jamal. How you doing tonight? I'm doing. Can't complain. What's happening with you? Not much. I just want to say, you know, you know, this touches all of me right in here, this whole conversation this evening. So I just wanted to say thank you for bringing uh, this conversation here. You know, this is a area that I thrive to talk about. And I just wanted to add a little highlight about as you work through your your um, your suffering, there comes a point in your alchemical process where your suffering really becomes experimentation. And so you get to a point where as you're analyzing your suffering and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I remember that I, I, it is my choice to put myself in this suffering. The next question you have to ask yourself, okay, why am I here? What is my purpose to learn from this? How am I supposed to grow mm. from this? From this, and then you observe yourself, you observe your thoughts, you observe your feelings, your emotions as you're going through your suffering to as you and as and as you've been evaluated of that, then you will graduate to a point where you say, "Okay, I'm going to go into this, and I know I'm going to suffer, and I want to see what comes out of it. What things does this bring out in me what will this manifest? How will it mold me? How will it change me? What can I discover? And then your suffering becomes a point of discovery. And you start to, I know it sounds a bit morbid, but you look forward to your suffering because you know it's like it's that challenging workout for the day that you're going through. Like, you know what? I know this is going to give me uh, a good workout. I know I'm going to get what I need from this. And you go in it and you get it. And so going into those uncharted waters, not understanding what's going to happen on the other side, that's a, that's a whole part of, of growing in your alchemy and how you change yourself and how you change your reality. And you look at the rules that you were programmed with through your family and through society, and you move through your suffering to break those rules, break those laws, break those associations, and you develop your own code and understanding who that is. I think from my own history of suffering, because I've gone through depression, I've gone through being suicidal, I've gone through um, the gamut, and 
is that when, especially when you go through your depressing moments, because a lot of people get depressed because they can't be angry. And so then when I learned that I was really angry and I was taking pharmaceutical drugs and the drugs make me say fuck it and I never said fuck it in real life, then I started looking forward to just organically being able to be like fuck it and be angry. And as you start to look forward to your suffering, it's because you know that suffering is going to bring you to your new reality, and that's how you transcend and you're looking forward to that growth. And I just wanted to leave that with you for tonight. Powerful words. Powerful words. I think um, the people be bugging out, you know, um, on podcasts, you know, you can't have no interaction. But when this go up on YouTube, the people be bugging out about it. Like, damn, the callers make the damn show, you know, and it's true. And, like, you know, that's, that's some powerful shit. I mean, it's. Um, one dude used to say, what did he say? He was just a little bullshit trainer, but you know, you can learn something from everybody. What did he say? Um, damn. Um, are you ready to feel the pain of change? <laughs> he would come into the gym. He's like, he'd be talking to his clients. He had a real hoarse voice, like, are you ready to feel the pain of change? Yeah, he was a sorry ass <laughs> trainer. But, but the words are there's true, something though. to what the he's saying there, change. yeah. That's right. You know, and it is it's, it's painful. Feel. You know, I've talked about that before. That your suffering is that workout in the gym. And when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the gym working out, he was not scared of the pain that he was about to endure. When he came out of it, he was happy because he could see the muscle definition. He could see himself growing. He could see himself getting bigger. As most bodybuilders, people who are enthusiastic about their body and working out. And that's the same thing that's happening with your suffering. And as long as you keep in mind that you you chose this and you accept the responsibility, like, look, I chose this so I know I can get myself out of this. There is an exit clause, an exit will come. As long as you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you will always be able to beat this game. And you will know so much about yourself at the end of every segment of suffering that you go through. Facts. Facts. Well, Thank I you, appreciate sir. It. Good I appreciate time. it. Always good to hear and from we'll you. And we'll talk soon. Always. We'll talk soon. No doubt. All right. Peace. Peace. Okay, we're going to take one more. 281. Come on and drop some science. What's happening? What's going on, Jay? <laughs> What's happening? Man, I just got caught the back end of uh of the lecture. Um, but I, I had a I got a question. Um there's uh there's this it movie coming out and you know, uh me and Gino, you know, we were sending some messages. I I think you was uh sending some messages um on the science of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, um you know, one of the first things that come to mind with the trickster is Exu Pumbagetta, you know, that Kokai, Legwa, Isu, et cetera. So my, my question mm-hmm. is, is, is what's, what's your take on, um, on balancing that, that particular form of energy, that template, uh, 
you know, balancing that particular energy out with it being a, a trickster and how, you know, people, they, you know, someone may say that, you know, this particular, I have an imbalance with this particular trickster energy and there are certain calamities that are coming into play and there's, and, and you know, a person wants to balance that, that particular form of energy out. What would be your take on how to handle that? I'm going excuse me, I'm going to defer to Phil Valentine on this. Old Phil Valentine lecture. He was talking about, um, and this is basically philosophy 101, the whole concept of objectifying yourself. The way I look at the trickster, the trickster is, is the, the actual trick is this. Whichever way you go was the right way and it was fucked up at the same time. I don't care what decision you make. That's the trickster. Mm. He's going to grant you access to do whatever the hell you want to do. That's the trick. The trick is you can have whatever you want. Mm. But I'm not telling you how it's going to play out, though. I'm just going to tell you, you can take whichever route you want. I sit here at the crossroads to grant you access to whatever you desire. Now, um... The key is, once you choose whatever path you take, which we come back to Kabbalah, you know, what's this, 22 paths you can take, you know, uh, on the tree of life on the front side. The key is, if Doth is the, the, the doorway and Doth is in knowledge, then knowledge means you have the ability to objectify yourself, to separate yourself from just being in the experience. And if I can separate myself from just being in the experience and see myself experiencing whatever it is, then I can figure out where I need to have my balance at. Oh, I need to shift a little bit over here. I need to shift. You remember you was on here that night and you was talking about how you some shit was going on with the right side of your body or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, that would that go your answer right there. You answered it. You said right. you kept injuring your right wrist or something. And right. you knew that meant that you needed some balance because you was leaning too, way, too much one way. Right. So right. that was a sign. You objectified yourself because in the moment of pain, you're in the experience. But you had a moment of clarity where you were outside of the pain, but you went and analyzed it. And you said, you know what? Now that I reflect back on this, my right side kept playing. That means I'm relying too much on one side of my nature, either my right brain or my left brain. I need to balance this shit out. Right. Indeed. And I think that that's the answer. Right. You know. Okay. 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 And and this uh I wanted to with me personally, you know, dealing with uh in particular like Exu Pomagetta, what I found is is that major when when I'm dealing with that energy in particular, like a major breakthrough will come through or something, let's just say something'll happen and it'll come through, but there'll be uh the price the price of it. I'm like, you know, so 
my work my work has been is that I want if I if I'm dealing with that particular energy and I'm bringing something through that gateway to bring it through without the without the price tag being so heavy, kind of like in the Wishmaster movie that came out with the gin, you know, with the with the uh, with the with the demon gin, and they'll make the wish, but there'll be a price, there'll be this heavy price tag that come with it, you know, and that's that's been my personal, you know, uh, work, you know, what I've been working at with that particular form of energy. That's really the the inspiration of me asking you the question, you know, about that. So you saying you you you're working on figuring out a way to reduce the 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 heavy baggage or the price that comes with it, right? Exactly. Or are you saying you're? Well, I think that's okay. Let's go back to Hellraiser. How did Hellraiser started? This dude meets this little Asian man, and he's looking for the ultimate thrill, right? Because he's a ladies' man, and he's always mm-hmm. looking for a thrill. And that little dude gives him that. That the basically Pandora's box is basically what it is. For him right. to get the ultimate thrill, he has to suffer. That's the story of Dionysus. That's the story of Eros, Cupid. You know, um, uh, pure Eternus. You know, uh, the eternal youth. Uh, Tammuz, Adonis, Addis. The all of these eternal youth who have to suffer because of their adolescent drive for pleasure. I I think part of it is the suffering. The price tag the price tag to me is necessary. It's part of your experience. Okay. Okay. The trickster gonna give you access, and it seems like he's tricking you. But what he's actually doing is he's giving you access to a part of your journey that you needed. You needed to whatever you experience is what you're supposed to experience at that particular time. Right. It's like shit that you experienced in 2008. Of course, you ain't gonna go through that shit now because you ain't the same person. But that shit when you were supposed to go through it in 2008 when it happened. Mm-hmm. Now, if that shit happened again in 2017, that just means you just, you know, you know, you 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 have a learning disability. You know, <laughs> putting it mildly. Right. Right. Right, right. That's just my take, you know. All right, all right. That's what's up, man. Shit, I appreciate it, Jay, man. Appreciate that. No doubt. I appreciate I appreciate y'all, man, always. Um, like I say, when people be on the YouTube, they be bugging out on y'all. It, it, it you know, this is what shapes the, shapes the whole discussion because I ain't, I ain't have no notes or no shit for the night. I just, shit, y'all made this motherfucker. So I appreciate y'all. <laughs> uh, ready, yeah, I'll be checking but, uh, out on the YouTube. No doubt, no doubt. Good to hear from you, man. Stay up. All right, you too, Jay. Peace. Peace. All right, y'all. It's been another rousing conversation.
I really appreciate everybody for contributing. Um, Sister Candice, Sister Kai, Brother Krishna, and everyone else who's listening, uh, donating your energy um, to all the people who go and listen to the listen to the podcast. To everybody who goes on YouTube and listens, really appreciate your energy. Even those who criticize, we appreciate it. Um, just want to remind you of Dr. Aileen's retreat and Sister Kadiri's retreat this weekend in North Carolina. Go to Dr. Aileen L. Bay. Find out more information on how you can go and get your battery recharged. Also, if you um, are not able to go to the event and you're at your house tomorrow and you want to build your a firm foundation on metaphysics and occultism and continue the conversation we're having tonight in a, in a more of a classroom format, you know, I got a whiteboard. I can write stuff and share my screen, and we can play videos, and all, we can all watch it at the same time. It's a real, real cool experience. You're invited to participate um, no matter where you are. It's virtual, so you don't have to worry about that. 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow, September 22nd. Go to mastersofthecosmos.com and you can register. Um, other than that, I just need you to stay down until you get up. And um, when you get up, stay down. It's Brother Jamal, Masters of the Cosmos, live on First World Order Radio. Peace. Nocturnal. Yeah, everybody loves it when the sun is shining. But can you endure the rain? The sunshine blaze leaves an orange sky glaze as the daylight fades. I know that it's a phase, but still I'm amazed. So I stand in the days. It's a must I embrace the spirit of true change. Strange is the feeling when the temperature drops. Man, it's so difficult when adversity knocks. The door is always open and it never will stop. To somebody in the ethos, pull the plug on the clock. Time don't exist, but cycles persist. On and on they go like the swimming of fish. The chirping of birds, the fog and the mist. She held my hand, we pitched pennies, then made a wish. She looked me in my eyes, then she told me this. Everybody loves the sun, but they can't stand the rain. Yeah, you love the joyous times, but you can't take the pain. Meanwhile, the lights in the city are on. The sun rays defeated, the devil sits on his throne. Cool is the night as the dark ones roam. Where artificial luminaries brighten your dome. You search for some cutty up to follow you home. The night is full of mysteries, nocturnal wizardry. Superficial remedies, regretful ass and miseries. Imprinted memories, follow me as poetry. Flow paint bitches, leave my stamp like a notary. Hidden in the mysteries and allegories. The symbolism speaks through esoteric dreams. Risen as the savior, see with my first eye. If only I can make it through the hows and the whys, the lows and the highs. If never I try, then how will I know if man can truly fly? The questions I supply and the answers in reply. But until then, I leave you with these nocturnal lines.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.